do. I mean, the rain's good, really, but come back, sunshine, come back quick. Um, This morning, I've been given a free reign on what to talk about, which is just, like, really exciting. And um, so I've been praying about it for a little while, and I felt like God speak to me about wanting to speak on a complete forgiveness. And uh, so that's where we're going today, a, a complete forgiveness. And I want to look at actually how God promises us this amazing forgiveness, but also how as we receive the forgiveness of God, it should compel us and ooze out of us to forgive others as well. Promises can be seen quite negatively today, with growing rates of divorce, with empty promises from politicians and being let down maybe in the workplace Actually, broken promises are all around us. This morning, though, I want you to know that God is a promise-making and he's a promise-keeping God. That what he says he will do, he does. He has an absolute 100% perfect record. Not one of his promises has ever or will ever come back to him as unfulfilled. A promise from God is a certain thing. Just turn to the person next to you and say, a promise from God is a certain thing. And so when when we read in the Bible promises from God, we can read them with confidence. We can read them with security that we know that God is a promise-making and promise-keeping God. He is faithful. He will do what he said. He is dependable, not unsteady in his thinking, not quick to jump to the next idea. He is steady. He is faithful. He will do what he has said. He is who he is. He is trustworthy. You can rely on him, knowing that who he is completely feeds into what he does. It's not the other way around. It's not what he does feeds into who he is. We often can think that way, can't we? We think, well, I, I was a youth leader for 10 years, and so I can think, well, I'm a youth leader. That's, that's who I am. No, 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 that's, that's what I do. I'm a son. I'm a child of God. That's who I am. It feeds into a love for young people. Because we're serving in different areas doesn't make us who we are. No, we're first and foremost children of God, loved by the King. And out of that, we put things into action. That's who God, God is, who he is. And out of it, he puts things into action. And do you know that God is excited about your future? You know, he's excited about you. He's passionate about you. He's passionate about your future. The living God, the creator of you and me and the thousands of others who live in this town, is excited about your future. So much so that he's made promises about what he wants to do in you and through you. He's got plans to do you good and... So as we think about that, I want us to read this passage for today, 1 John chapter 1, 1 John chapter 1. If you're looking in your Bible, you can go to the very end and you find Revelation, and before that you get Jude, and then 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John. It's right near the very back. It's going to come up on the screen as well, although it might be a little bit too small, apologies for that, but I'll read it anyway. 1 John chapter 1. And verse 5, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. 
But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. Then just carrying on to chapter 2, it says, My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate. With the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but the sins of the whole world. But if we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Let me just pray for us. Father, we are so glad that you are in this place. We're so glad that you're amongst us and speaking and working already. We're so glad, Lord, that you're the center of attention. We're so glad that it's all about you, Lord God. Lord, keep our eyes fixed on you this morning. Help us to hear your voice, Lord God. We want to hear your voice, Lord. We want to be changed by you, Lord God, as we prayed out earlier, Lord God. Come and change us, Lord. Lord, we need your help, Lord God. We can't change ourselves. God, we need your spirit to come and change us afresh. This morning, come upon each and every one of us, Lord, from the youngest to the oldest, from those who have known you the longest to those who don't yet know you. God, come and speak to us. Change us this morning. Give us hope this morning, Lord God. Give us hope through your promises, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I wonder what your biggest regret in life is. I wonder if there's anything that you would want to go back and change if you could. For me, I can think about the, the first girl that I dated, if you'd even call it that. After just a few weeks of dating, I, I felt it wasn't right and uh, I didn't feel it was right to continue. And so I embarrassingly sent her a text message ending it. I know, I was 28 years old. No, I was, I was a bit younger than that. But actually, it's embarrassing to tell you that. I didn't honor her. I didn't appreciate her. I didn't actually put her above myself. And it's embarrassing to tell you, actually. That is a big regret of mine. I think, why, why did I act like that? It was right to end it, but I didn't end it right and well. We can make huge mistakes in our lives. Maybe you think of that and I just go, that's just a tiny mistake. Maybe. For me, it was a big mistake. For me, actually, I, I'm embarrassed about it. But actually, we can make lots of decisions in our lives which can seem like, why did I do that? Why? It's cost us and cost those around us. I wonder if there's anything that you can't forgive yourself for. A mistake you've made that's so bad it still haunts you today. Or things you've done in your life that you've just not been able to let go of. That they just cling on to you. Friends, there is good news for you this morning. There is this great promise for us that we can know the forgiveness of God in our lives today. That you can know lasting forgiveness, deep cleansing and satisfying forgiveness. But in order to understand this forgiveness, I want to take a few minutes just to go through this passage that we've just read. 
and let it really impact us today. Verse 5 says, God is light. God is light. He is the only one in which we, we see what real truth is. He is the only one who can define what is good. He sees all things, even to the depths of a man, woman, or child's heart. God is light. Nothing can escape from his sight. Everything is seen by him. Many have the image of God like the great eye in the Lord of the Rings film, spying out, looking uh, for that one ring to rule them all. That God's light is like this piercing light, looking to judge, looking to bring piercing judgment. But God's light is not like that. God's light is more like the sunshine that brings warmth, brings consistency and widespread light upon our lives. Here in the UK, we've enjoyed that, haven't we, recently? We're not used to it. God's light helps us to see the reality of how things really are and helps us to know truth for what it really is. goes on to say, there is absolutely no darkness in him at all. There is no darkness in God. There's no sin. God has never once done anything that is unrighteous, never done anything evil. There is no hint, not even a hint of darkness in him. Darkness is the absence of light, but God is light, which means darkness is the absence of God. We're not saying that God's in the light, like some might believe that he's in the wind or he's in the animals. No, he, he is light. It's this symbolization of his purity and his knowledge, his moral excellence. God is perfect in every way. Do you know that? God is perfect in every way. Psalm 18 verse 30 says, As for God, his way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. You know, this word is absolutely flawless. It's quite challenging, isn't it? It's flawless. Everything in it comes from God. Everything in it is good for teaching, rebuking, for building up and encouraging. It's God's word. He is perfect. He is not some evil dictating God. He's not a God full of anger and desperate to bring, bring destruction on every person. There is no darkness in him at all. Just think on that for a moment. There's not an ounce of darkness in him. All that he says is true. All that he promises will come to pass. There is hope in each of his promises. Each word he speaks is spoken with love at the very heart of it. The author of this letter that we just read from, John, is wanting us to understand, before we even get to forgiveness, understand who the forgiver is. Do you know who the forgiver is? God is light. In him is no darkness at all. He is complete perfection. He knows and is the standard of what is good and right. Every decision he makes is perfect and right. And with love pumping right at the heart of it. As we see what God is like, we're then given these two comparisons in these uh, verses of people. It says in verse 6, We are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. And then into verse 7, But if we are living in the light 
As God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. These two verses bring up quite a comparison of different people. If you walk in darkness, you have no fellowship with God. If you walk in the light, you have both fellowship with God and with others, with the church. What does it mean, though, to walk in the light? What does walking in the darkness actually look like? How do I know whether I'm walking in the darkness or the light? John tells us that the answer is, are you in fellowship with God and the church? Are you in fellowship with God and church? Are you living in close relationship with God? Are you living in relationship with the church? Are you right with the person sitting next to you? Or even more so, are you right with the person who you chose not to sit next to this morning? Are you right in your relationship with God? Is there anything you're holding back from God this morning? Is there anything that you're living in, hiding in, that is hurting your relationship with God? John says that to claim to be walking with God, but trying to hide things from him, to claim to love God and yet to do anything but follow his ways, is to be found to be lying, not practicing the truth. But the reality is, is, That each and every one of us know, not one of us is without sin. Not one of us can claim to live life in the light all of the time, every moment of the day. By the time I found my seat this morning, I'd already sinned on multiple ways. Not giving God the worship and glory that he deserves. My thoughts all over the place in different ways. And each of us would have been the same. Not living in light all of the time. Inadequate worship to the King of Kings. There's this deep challenge for us this morning. Do we claim to follow Jesus and yet live our lives away from him? Live for something or someone else? Is our faith empty and actually only about our words and not about our actions or our heart? But in verse 7, we see the hope for our sin. Jesus is the way to live in the light. He's the way. He's our hope. He's the escape from darkness. Jesus is the one to follow. His blood has the power to cleanse us from all sin. It not only cleanses us, but leads us to a place of fellowship with the Holy God. It brings us to friendship with God. Friendship with our Creator. Living, knowing the loving and good voice of God in our lives every day. John is writing that we might understand there is a way to live in the light. That for all our struggling and scraping around in the darkness and mess of this world, there is a way to live in the beauty of his light. There is an answer for our soul's longing. There is a way we can be cleansed from the mess of this life, from the mess of this world, from the problems that drench us, the spoiled relationships and pain that we feel. A number of years ago, I, went, uh, I was on a stag do for a good friend of mine, and uh, we did something called canyoning. Has anyone, anyone done canyoning before? There's a few out there. Come on. Canyoning, I saw it described as this. It was like white water rafting without the raft, which is like, oh, that's quite cool. And so what you'd do is you'd go down kind of these little kind of rivers, and you get kind of dragged along a bit, which was quite fun. And then you get to jump off waterfalls and go behind waterfalls. It was great fun. I recommend it. Wales, that's where we went. The beautiful country of Wales. Go, go have some fun there. But as we did it, 
we got to the top of this, uh, this big waterfall, and uh, the person who was leading us, our instructor, said, okay, all, all you've got to do now is, you see that bush there? You've just got to jump over that. We're like, well, we can't really see what's beyond it. It's like, he's like, well, don't worry. Like, as long as you clear the bush, you'll clear the rocks below. You'll be fine. It's like, okay. Well, and you look at it, and you kind of see this bush, and, it, and it's sticking out, and it's quite tall, and you're just kind of, I'm never going to clear it. Never going to clear it. And so all of us kind of like, who wants to go first? No thanks, no thanks. And so the instructor went first. He went and demonstrated it, and, and he cleared it. We were like, oh, right, yeah, it's easy, it's easy, it's fine. Actually, no, it looked really hard still. But then we kind of all got the guts to go do it, and we, we cleared it, and we'd splash into the water below and adrenaline pumping. It was incredible. There we go, there's an example of, of it. In the same way, Jesus is our great instructor in how to live in the light. He knows exactly how to walk this earth and the pressures that it throws at us. He knows what it is to be tempted in every way. He's already gone and jumped and done it before. The instructor had been many, many times. He knew what was below. He knew how to clear it. And Jesus is our great instructor. Hebrews 4 verse 15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. He did not sin. Jesus is our great instructor. He's our example. He is our hope and our leader, helping us and enabling us to live a life in the light. He is our strength, and as we'll come to in a while, he is our substitute and our defender, our payment and our rescuer. He's not leaving us to just live in darkness without any help. No, he leads us to the place where we follow him in jumping off this waterfall. He's already gone before us. He's already shown us the way. It's a jump. It's a step of faith. But as we follow him, we follow him into his forgiveness and life. And so it brings us to this great promise in this passage. Sandwiched between two warnings is this life-bringing, hope-filled promise for our lives. Verse 8. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. These verses bring us to two potential responses. We can say we have no sin or we can confess our sin. John tells us in verses 8 and 10 that if we claim to have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, calling God a liar. We can think that we are good people, that our lives are sorted, that we're okay really, that we have no need for God, but we are deceiving ourselves and calling God a liar. How much does this describe today's culture around us? You do what's good for you, I'll do what's good for me, don't worry about it. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us. What a contrast! If we live in pride, believing we've got life sorted and have no need for God, we're deceiving ourselves, living in darkness. But if we confess our sins, if we approach God in humility, asking for forgiveness, he forgives us. 
He brings us into the light and cleanses us from all wickedness. Hallelujah. James 4 verse 6 says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. When I, was, uh, when I was 19 years old, I passed my driving test. And uh, my parents had a VW Silver Polo, and uh, it, was, it was lovely, a nice point, 1.2 litre engine. I was like, this is great. It had a good sound system. I was like, great, loving it. And I got to drive it here and there. And uh, just a few months after driving, after passing my test, I went and picked up a friend from uh, Woking train station. And I don't know if you've ever been to Woking train station. I'm guessing many of you haven't. But the park in there is kind of off at little angles. And uh, I went late at night, and uh, so I thought it would be empty. But it was full. It was completely full, apart from one space. I was like, yes. And it was, uh, it was next to this big white van there. And as I parked in, my music was blaring. I was like, yes, I've passed my driving test. This is amazing. And the music's blaring. And I suddenly hear this. You're like, oh, there must be something wrong with the sound system. That's strange. I was like, I haven't quite got in there quite right. Okay, I'll just reverse back out again to the same. You're like. And I looked up and saw these taxi drivers all there, just all staring at me. I was like, oh no, what have I done? And I got out, and all along the side of the car was this massive dent, where I'd just gone into the van that was parked in the corner. Like, big kind of scrape along there as well. Fortunately, no damage at all to the van. He was, the driver was very grateful, but just laughing at me. And... Uh, I suddenly had this moment where it was, it was my parents' car, and uh, I was living with my parents still at the time, and I knew that I had to go home, and I was going to have to tell my dad about what I'd just done. As I got home, I felt this huge weight on me. I had to tell him. And uh, what happened was so surprising for me. His response was one that I still find amazing today. It wasn't an angry, uh, angry dad. It wasn't one of blame or judgment. It was this amazing forgiveness. Gratefulness even just for telling him. In fact, he said he would cover the excess fee on the insurance. Friends, God's desire is for relationship with us. He wants us to bring everything to him. The good, the bad, the ugly. He wants us to bring everything out into the light. He doesn't want us hiding it away. He doesn't want us struggling in guilt and shame. Not keeping anything hidden in the darkness. Romans 2 verse 4 says, Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? It's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. My relationship with my dad wasn't right until I told him what had happened. The option was there to park it maybe next to the garage and just kind of hide, hide the scratch along. He'd never know. He'd never find out. Or maybe just pretend that someone else did it to me. It was the van. The van did it to me. I know there's no damage on the van, but we could pretend. We could hide. Cover it up. Hope no one knew it was me. And in life, we can go through many moments like this. I wonder what parts of life for you have been a car crash. What relationships have broken down from leaving things unsaid 
or covering them up. When we mess up, human instinct leads us to seven different ways we can respond. One, we can lie. Someone else must have hit my car. It wasn't me. I wasn't around at the time. Someone else just came in and that damaged it. Two, we can pretend it never happened. I didn't see what happened. No, don't, I don't even see the scratch. I mean, I know it's a big dent, but I don't even see it. You can just pretend. Never happened. It wasn't me. Thirdly, we can make excuses. It wasn't my fault. It wasn't my fault. The car wasn't working right. You didn't teach me how to drive right. It wasn't my fault. Anyone but mine. We can blame others. It was your fault. You didn't teach me how to drive, Dad. The van crashed into me. We can cover it up. I could have parked it next to the garage with a side on there. and No one would have seen. It would have been hard to get into the garage, but no one would have seen. We can try and do something good to make up for it. I've washed your car, Dad. I've washed your car. I've done it for months now. I've been washing it clean every, every day. Surely that's enough now to cover for it, to make up for it. Or seventhly, we can sob and get overly emotional so people let us off. Every time they talk, oh, no, no, it was just too much. It was too much. And just hoping that they forget about it and leave us alone. But none of these responses are the right response. We all know that. None of these restore relationships with each other. We need to bring things to the light, to open up and confess what we've done. The reality is I can't promise you how someone else will respond to you as you confess to them. However, I can promise how God responds. God's promise is that as we confess our sin, he is faithful. He is just to forgive us our sin. As we go on confessing, as we enjoy relationship with God, we bring our needs, we bring our desires, and we bring our confessions of our sin and our weaknesses. God doesn't want anything left behind. He wants all of you, every single part of you. The part remaining still in darkness, the part that no one else knows about, God wants it. All the hidden parts of our lives. Isaiah 44 verse 22 says this, a stunning verse. I have swept away your sins like a cloud. I have scattered your offenses like the morning mist. Oh, return to me, for I have paid the price to set you free. Let me read that again. I have swept away your sins like a cloud. I have scattered your offenses like the morning mist. Oh, return to me, for I have paid the price to set you free. Such is his kindness. God wants to walk through our lives with us, forgiving us, cleansing us. When we come to know the one who forgives and his character, his good, perfect, and gracious character, we know that we are dealing with one who is far more healthier to deal with our sin. We know that him dealing with our sin is so much better for us than us hiding in it and living in darkness, not willing to admit it. Confession and repentance can often be thought of as this kind of condemning, in this condemning and judging light. I want to urge you that confession and repentance are an integral part of making progress in the Christian life. They are a grace-filled means of bringing freedom to your life. We're not talking about confessing to a priest in a dark box. 
That's not what God intended for us. He wants you to bring his confession to, uh, your confession to him. That we can come because of Jesus. He's our priest. He's the one in the box. He's our great high priest, giving us access to God directly. As we confess our sins, we remember and we proclaim the gospel over our lives. That Christ lived, that he died, that three days later he rose again so that we could be forgiven and cleansed from our sin. Cleansed by his blood. We can come and ask for forgiveness, not on the faithfulness of our asking, but on the faithfulness of God's forgiveness. On the faithfulness of Christ's blood and all that it's achieved. I love this picture of God cleansing us. Through my teenage years, I used to love spending time going and playing football on a big muddy field. Like a day like today where it's just been like absolutely drenching uh, the ground. And we'd go out as mates and there'd like be big puddles and just put in the biggest, longest sliding tackles that you could. Forget about the ball, it was just about the slide tackles and getting muddy. And you'd come home just drenched in mud. I wouldn't go and hug a family member, although that was quite tempting, I wouldn't probably just walk through the rest of the house and go sit on the sofa. In my no, what I needed was a good cleanse. All those cuts and bruises covered in mud. I needed a good cleanse. I needed a good bath. And this image in these verses, I kind of think about that. Or I'm not one who's experienced it, but think of a face mask. And what does that? It, it cleanses your skin. It makes it soft. It makes it like it's brand new skin again. And that's what this verse is saying. That's God's promises. As we confess our sins, he will forgive us and also cleanse us. Taking away all that old way of living, all that dirt and that mess that we bring. He cleanses us, makes us brand new. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says, If anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. The old is gone. And look, the new has come. God doesn't look on at any sin and think, that is too muddy. You're, you're in too big a mess. Your life is too mucked up. No, I'm not going to do it. No, he is willing to cleanse us. He is willing to forgive us. He's willing to come alongside us and help us. He wants to bring forgiveness and a deep cleanse. It's only through the blood of Jesus that we are cleansed. Cleansing has the future in mind so that the repairs worked by God will have permanent results in us, in our whole life, our relationship with God and our relationships with others. I wonder whether you find it easier to receive forgiveness or to show forgiveness. The forgiveness of God compels us to forgive others. With the grace that God has given us, it overflows in us. That we can then get to share it with others. Not holding any forgiveness back, for God has not held any forgiveness back from us. Anyone who no longer feels humbled by the need for God's mercy will show little mercy to others. I wonder if that could be said of us. Could that be said of you? Do you struggle to show mercy to others? Are you holding on to unforgiveness towards others? We need to receive the fresh grace and forgiveness of God today. A cleansing, deep forgiveness that overflows in our life into the lives of others around us. In a time where bitterness seems to be increasing in our nation, 
we, the church, need to know ongoing forgiveness in our lives, that we would bring light into the world around us, that our neighborhoods, that our streets, that our families, that our church would know a cleansing forgiveness. There is this amazing promise for us this morning that God wants to take all of our sin, all of our mess, and he wants to show us kindness and love, forgiveness and grace. He wants to cleanse us. You know, he wants to cleanse us as a whole church. I believe that's something God wants to do amongst us. He wants to come and bring this complete cleansing on us. The past, the hurt, the pain, let it go. Come on, like, like that face mask. Come on, let it just, let it go. Let it cleanse us. Let it bring this new creation. The promise for now is to know lasting and deep forgiveness. The promise today is to have your sin taken from you and that you can let go of hurt and pain you've been holding on to. You can give it all to Jesus. You can give it all to him. He's willing to take it. Knowing forgiveness and cleansing across your whole life. But the promise and hope is for the future as well. That as we know forgiveness of our sins, as God cleanses us from all our wickedness, we also know forgiveness for eternity. That our names are written in God's book of life. That the righteousness of Christ has been credited to us. John goes on into chapter 2 to write this. He says, My dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins. And not only our sins, but the sins of all the world. Friends, Jesus has paid the penalty for our sins so that we didn't have to. Jesus died in our place. Jesus is himself the sacrifice that atones for our sin. What love is this? What grace is this that we can receive afresh this morning? How do we know that we have a complete forgiveness in in God? Because Jesus fully died on the cross. Because Jesus fully came back to life three days later. He paid the penalty in full. Not in a half measure, but in full. That doesn't mean, though, that we go on living in darkness And hiding things from God, quite the opposite. Because of the grace that we've received, we now live out of it. That God, I want to, because of everything that you've done for me, because of everything that you've forgiven me of, God, I want to bring everything to you. I know that you're a good father who receives my sin and and tells me that it's paid in full, punishment dealt with. And so I can bring everything to him. He has this desire to deeply cleanse us. What a promise that Jesus is our advocate. Jesus is the saviour. It's who he is. It's what he does. It's what he's all about. And he wants to save us from our sins and from unforgiveness this morning. In a moment, we're going to respond by singing this beautiful song. And uh, in fact, one of the bands, why don't you come up and join me up here? We're going to sing it. And we're going to celebrate this forgiveness that we've received. But before we do this, let me ask you this. What is the biggest thing God wants us to repent of this morning? What's the biggest thing? I think firstly it's this. It's, it's our understanding of Jesus. 
Maybe you're here this morning until today you didn't know Jesus as your saviour, your advocate. Actually, you can turn to him this morning and you can know forgiveness in your life. You can know this deep cleansing forgiveness. You can repent of not having faith in him and you can put your faith in him this morning. He loves to save, loves to forgive, loves to free us up in him. But secondly, as I started this morning, I asked, what's your biggest regret? Is there anything you feel guilty of this morning? Is it possible this morning that you haven't believed God for a complete forgiveness in your life? For every area of your life that you're still holding on to things that you've not allowed God's forgiveness to cleanse over, to wash over. Are you still struggling to forgive others in your life? Psalm 103 verse 12 says, He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. From infinity to infinity. That's how far God has removed our transgressions, our sins from us. Friends, come and receive a complete forgiveness this morning. Over every area, over every hidden area, bring him all to the light. Let Jesus take it all away. Come and let him give you peace instead. Know the weight on your mind and on your soul taken off. Why don't you just where you are, why don't you just stand to your feet. I'm just going to pray for us. And so why don't where you are, just close your eyes and just let God speak to you right now. Father God, we thank you that you are a good and gracious Father, full of love, full of mercy, Lord. And Lord, we, we just each and every one of us, Lord, we come before you and we say, Lord, are there any areas in our heart that we haven't dealt with? Are there any areas of unforgiveness, Lord, in my heart that I haven't dealt with, Lord? Come and reveal it to me. Come and help me to know a complete cleansing. I pray that for each and every one of us, Lord, that we would know your deep cleansing this morning. Lord, that we would know we are forgiven. That you have paid the debt. You have paid the penalty in full. Bring us into freedom, Lord. Bring us into full freedom as a church, I pray, Lord God. Come and cleanse us from any unforgiveness, Lord God. I pray for those who have not known you up until this point, Lord God. I pray for forgiveness in their lives right now, in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for faith to turn to you, to give everything to you. Pray for those who have struggled holding on to things for years, for decades, that you would bring release and freedom right now, in Jesus' name. Come, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come and bring freedom. Come, Holy Spirit. Just where you are, if you know that you're holding on to either unforgiveness or you need to know fresh forgiveness from God today, just with every eye closed, would you just raise your hand? That's great. Lots of hands going up. That's great. That's just a way of, for you to say, I'm responding. Lord, I pray over each and every brother and sister of mine here responding this morning. Come, Lord, bring forgiveness 
bring grace, bring restoration, bring deep cleansing. I pray, for, I pray that for each and every one of us, but especially, Lord, those who have been bold in saying, yeah, I, I'm responding. God, I pray your grace and mercy afresh in Jesus' name.